This show is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network. My name is Keen and my horse is cheating on me. And I'm James and just now, just now, I became very powerful. Welcome to Sister Pod, the RuPaul Drag Race reaction podcast on the Headstuff Podcast Network. It's Snatch Game Time in UK and I had high hopes of the show. A bit disappointing and high hopes of our guest who absolutely exceeded them. It's Connor Bean, font of pop culture knowledge and never disappoints. Encyclopedic, never disappoints. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> never disappoints. Let's just get into it. Let's just get into it. <laughs> Connor Bean, welcome back to the show. We're delighted to have you back for another Snatch Game. Yeah, but so you're enjoying Drag Race UK season two? Yes, I am. I feel a little now. I feel this is controversial. I think season two of Drag Race UK is. I prefer the production style and the energy of it compared to the US one. I will say, I think I pro- now we will obviously get into the episode on there's queens on this season of UK that I like live for. But overall, I'm kind of rocking with the season 13 American Girls more. And I feel like I'm in the minority because everyone else is like, oh, I much prefer UK this year. I'm like, okay, America's yeah, popping though. It's kind of like, like the American one is like the American pancake and the UK one's kind of like a prep. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I know where we lie. Clearly I've just into everything American. <laughs> it all comes back to pancakes. Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. I, I mm-hmm. do that's my drag name but that's good I'm glad we have a bit of diversity and opinion on the show Mm -hmm, do you know mm -hmm. like I think I just like when I even now that like we'll obviously go to the episode but I was looking at the top the six we have left in UK and I was like oh I mean like some of these girls I just don't really care for so I know I'm I am listen I is it, it is truly all joking aside like such a blessing to have the two shows on at the same time because like mm. we are not doing anything else mm-hmm. i really miss working with queens and going to shows and i'm not one of those people who thinks drag race is the be all end all drag by any means but it does it does give me that little hit of being around drag performers that i miss from the fact that the george is closed and all that kind of thing yeah, yeah absolutely no, definitely it's two very um two very different flavors i would say with the the american and the uk one as well so mm-hmm. it's nice to have both in the mix and it is fun to contrast them because sometimes I'm like, well, the US one is on VH1 and that's a big network and it's over 10 years in the making. But, you know, technically, I would probably guess if you broke down viewing figures and stuff, being on the BBC, like, is much, is really a big deal for Drag Race. And there's probably mm-hmm. a lot of money being pumped into it. So sometimes I'm like, it is interesting to contrast just the production style of both and little touches and things that they do slightly yeah. differently. And even the fact that this is the first time they've had to take a seventh month break in the middle of filming a show, like yeah. that just puts UK in such a, di- and because we as viewers have just had it run week on week. Sometimes I'm like, Jesus, they really were like off for like <laughs> half a year, but that must, yeah. I think that's why, and we're obviously going to talk about the episode in a second, but like, I think that's actually why they were so emotional because in mm. one way, I think usually your drag race, they're put in that blender for like, well, four to six weeks and the tension is, is ratcheted up. But this time they've gone away for six to seven months, had their entire industry collapse and probably had fuck all money coming in. And now they're all back hoping they don't go home that week. Like I would imagine it's probably way more fraught. So when they were all like crying, I was like, I kind of get it. <laughs> like I don't yeah. blame yeah. them. Did you watch the Queens of Quarantine the documentary thing that was out last week? I did. I watched the lockdown thing and I, I have to say, I kind of threw it on because I was like, oh cute, it's half an hour, I'll give it a go. And I actually found it really emotional because while I'm not yeah. a drag performer, like my DJ work is completely True. stalled and I understand why. I'm not one of those like, well, fuck lockdown. I totally get why. But it brought up a lot of stuff for me about the kind of, the way certain industries have just been left to rot really without very little mm-hmm. support and it's there's not much help out there so and their stories really resonate with me to the point where I was like oh, why am I nearly crying at Queens in lockdown I was like mm. oh my god this is crazy also the Queens in lockdown <laughs> special if nobody has seen it yet everything Bimini says in that special could be put on a t-shirt everything she says in that special <laughs> is iconic I'm doing the circuit I'm doing all the brunches <laughs> with the glass oh I could see myself from my glasses I'm, she was probably workshopping her Katie Price in that special I was like Bimini oh, yeah. yeah absolutely bow like, down clap for the UK hon yeah absolutely yeah no I, I, I do think we, we had um, William Lee Adams who's a, a journalist and, and Eurovision sort of fanatic on last mm-hmm. week and he was saying something similar which is that because so much of like his work has just been completely knocked on the head that oh, you gosh. can really relate yeah. to yeah. the fact that 
there is just this massive mm. loss and it does like I don't know it makes you feel like what you're producing is so disposable or it needs to be like put on pause and it's just like you have to be okay with that and I, it's I really tricky because like I really yeah it's tricky like I think like I'm not one of those gung-ho like let's reopen the second the cases go down and get them spend our way out of this like my thing is like we should have financial supports and nuanced and sensible ways to provide mm. for people who don't work a traditional nine to five who do not have a partner who do not have like a family they can just go and move. like that's something i think people forget even mm. with the lgbtq community like it's not a case of just popping home to mum and dad if you need to live with them for six months like not everyone's in that position either yeah. financially or even just personally with their family so sometimes this is a complete aside on a drag race podcast but i do think some of the conversations around who is being hit by all this doesn't factor in people who who will be turned to when things are quote-unquote normal again and expected to bring a smile to people's faces or have them all dancing or make them feel good. It's a bit like, well, you should have their backs now, but that's a whole other conversation. That yeah, yeah absolutely. And it, was, it was really... I really was hit by seeing the depression that poor Victoria Green was under and how badly it hit her yeah. and just sort of her coming out the other side. And then I kind of felt really like when we see her get her reaction that she has COVID. God, oh God. yeah. It's like, oh God, I wonder, is this spiral going to start again for her? Because mm-hmm. she's talking about it all just being pulled away from her. And like objectively, we can see that actually this is going to be great for her. She'll get two bites mm-hmm. of the cherry. She won't come back as that underrated queen anymore because she'll have it all in her history. But of course, you know, that's rational thinking. And when you're in that mind frame, it's mm-hmm. hard to see that. Yeah, like when Ronna comes back for season three, she will be the one they're all a bit shook, shook about. But you're right, it, that doesn't help in the moment when Veronica is probably mm. like already just... Because you could tell she had just about pulled herself out of that period. And I can really relate to that. I mean, I wasn't normal. Like, relatively speaking, people listening go, he's not normal now. <laughs> um, I didn't feel like myself until like September of last year. I spent a lot of last year kind of just about getting by because I was like, I'm dealing with the fact that my main job of 10 years, which I put all of my time and like effort into is gone and like yeah which is that queens and lockdown special i know some people might think oh it's just a bit of faff but i was really pleasantly surprised and that does show you how having the bbc behind the show helps because it was well produced and it was well thought out and though taste making a pot noodle sandwich (laughs) that was the light belief you needed when you had haven't we been through enough guys i mean Uh, not for me so much so much of these performers identity is around getting up on stage and like even as we saw Mm -hmm. during the week when panty was on the the afternoon show kind of like without I, i don't think that was intentional without meaning to becoming so emotional thinking about the the pause that's been put on and then if you see someone like panty who's under such a huge amount of mm-hmm. pressure you can only imagine what it's like for people who hadn't sort of a successful business or a successful kind of like backup built underneath them it's yeah and it does it, it makes you think about that and hopefully makes you want to go out there and support people as much as you can or in whatever way you can at the moment yeah yeah absolutely emotions were high in this episode as well we see you know ellie break down about her family issues it's a horror had her her you know rupaul's trademark vulnerable moment you know (laughs) it seems things were fraught out there i did love like i mean drag race is a great show and one of the reasons it's a great show is it's a really well crafted format and it's so obviously Mm. rupaul is an excellent host and knows how to like Mm -hmm. do that this that and the other and it did really send me the way every time this week someone would be like sorry i'm really emotional and there'd be a beat and we would go what has you emotional (laughs) dot 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 (laughs) <laughs> I see that you're upset. I was like, okay, Einstein, I get it. You need them to like cry more on camera. Yeah. You might like, yeah. we'd be like, oh it's, God, it's don't like cry. RuPaul's subcategory yeah. is psychology. You know? <laughs> Ru is like, wow, what has he so emotional? <laughs> Eyes widen, zoom in, bitch. I'm getting this on. Like, I just love Ru's like TV brain is like, you seem sad. Hmm, tell me more. <laughs> well, I actually did look like on what's the tea like Ru loves talking about psychology and the mm-hmm. ego and all that sort of stuff and I am always interested in his take even though I'm kind of like I don't know how informed you are the time, <laughs> <Right>. but I'm <laughs> interested Fabulous suit though when he came in oh, for the kind of first yes. touchdown because obviously they had their chats about like it was funny watching them chat about Ru's H&M meltdown last week because obviously that was everywhere the last week on social media and memed yeah. to death and we talked about it then, analysed there was discourse and meet like there's the whole fucking gamma because we've nothing else to talk about. And so when they all started on with the H&M thing, I was like, oh my God, they have done what we've done last week <laughs> yeah. and analysed this meltdown. I was like, bitch, we've been talking about it too. So that made me laugh. 
And they were so mean to Sister Sister, which I slightly enjoyed. <laughs> this one, Lawrence is good at yeah, being shady. Lawrence is good at being good. shady. Absolutely. Very good. And the 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 Blue Peter badge narrative has started. You know, them all sashaying around, wearing their badges and stuff like that. It's it's a weird one where like two of the people who have them have already left. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know. The judging was crazy at the start of the season. I think we've forgotten how crazy the judging was early on in this yeah. series. Yeah, because I mean, like, if you think about Astina walking in there and everyone's like, oh my God, bitch, going right to the top. And then it's like, oh, okay, see you then. Anything else you want to discuss pre-Snatch Game? I thought the walkthrough was interesting because they didn't show everybody. And as you say, as you mentioned, it's kind of like we get a lot of emotional stories up front, like, which was interesting from a horror because I do think she is only slowly starting to unfurl her mm-hmm. kind of emotional story arc. And I actually... She went from being a very kind of enjoyable but slightly one-dimensional villain character to, I think the way they're kind of letting her open up on the show is very, like, we're not letting her, but showing her opening up on the show is very interesting. Whereas with Lawrence, I feel like she's starting to hit a bit of a wall where she's doubting herself. So it was just interesting contrasting the two. And obviously, it's fun watching Snatch Game because they've done a great job um, this season of giving you no idea who they're doing until you watch. So, like trying to figure it out as you go like okay they, they're doing this according to the walkthrough but what if they change it and like mm-hmm. the, I do mm-hmm. love the kind of that setup even though you're like in 10 minutes this whole scene will be invalid because <laughs> we'll just watch Slash Game anyway It'll be the minute you saw Femini doing Katie Price <laughs> I screamed I was like bitch I'm in yeah I'm, I, I think look to my veins um, the comparison to Ahura, I also, I think Ellie and Ahura are having similar things, but that Ahura is much less produced and much more natural. I think it's like happening in a way yeah. that feels like it's kind of like she hadn't expected it. She'd walked in there with the armor and it's sort of gradually falling away. Whereas Ellie, like even if you go back to that, like, why don't I get a nickname, Rue? Why don't right. I get a nickname? It feels well, yeah. And even today he starts calling out Tia as well and is like, so you got to step it up now? You got to, you know, you got to, you know, cinch, you got to put some, and you're like, who are you, Ellie? I said this same thing. I was like, so do you think oh, we'll, we'll step it up there to you? I was like, excuse. I was like, sorry, not for the Greek horse here. We wouldn't play that game. Like, if Taste said that, I'd be like, fair. Yeah. yeah if yeah. Aurora said it, Bimini, I'd be like, okay, I get it. Yeah. Ellie, Ellie was like, what? Are you going to do a better job to you? I was like, it starts, the change starts with you, hon. Like, I'd be yeah. beginning the journey there yourself, and then we'll move back around <laughs> to your cohorts. It's great that you're a costume designer for Smithies now, but you know, and perhaps put it back in the bag. But I did, I, I, like I didn't buy the whole like I'm crying for my brother thing it all felt like very kind of reaching for like the emotions are real but it felt like you could almost see written on like like Ellie's face like I need to make this moment a moment kind of yeah I mean those walkthroughs are such a funny particularly now because I'm guessing because it's happening on US I'm guessing it's a COVID thing where Rue is kind of staying in spot and they're walking to another end of the table which I assume is so that Rue's not walking around the whole room it strikes me as like a, a protocol thing I think later on in the episode, Ellie's conversation with Taste is much more organic. Yes. And once I was hearing her talk about her dad, like, I'm not a fan of Ellie's. Like, I, I'm not really rooting for Ellie in terms of I think she's amazing, going to win the show. But I do obviously respect that she's only 21. And I watched the lockdown special. She was at one point homeless last year. Like, you know, she's going through a lot with her family. And I like hearing that arc. I just think initially the setup, and it's probably the show as well kind of trying to force these like emotional moments when you're standing there six feet away from RuPaul at like a a table they got in Ikea with a few wigs on it. It's yeah. a bit like, whereas, you know, even I know from working with Queens and being around drag performers pre and post show and at every hour of the night, because, you know, they work such unsocial hours, those kind of conversations do actually happen at mirrors with makeup. Now, it's, yeah. not, it's not every week that drag queens are in the George being like, and that's what my dad left me. But it is much more likely a place where they'll have camaraderie and confide in each other yeah. Yeah. or just get to know each other. Whereas the rude thing sometimes is a bit like, and now I'd like you to cry on command. It's a li- and that's half the show and half, I think, the queens feeling they need an emotional moment mm-hmm. to be relevant. Yeah. Mm. No, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah. I'd- Let's get in sure. to the, the Snatch Game. So let's take it from top left to bottom, right? Uh, from the top, Tia let it drop. Mel B. <laughs> <laughs> Did she know anything about Mel B other than... Oh, yeah, of course. I thought Gemma was great. Okay, first, before we even got to Snatch Game, when RuPaul announced it and tried to do a botched GC celebrity brother impression, I'm like, which gay intern showed you this clip right before you walked out here? Because you have no... (laughs) I was like, 
<laughs> and then they all did the quote better than he did. I was like, oh. <laughs> yeah. just last week in America, you dragged the girls for not knowing disco. You know, it, it goes both ways. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, having Jenna there was kind of uh, iconic and amazing. But and she looked incredible. Mm-hmm. But I did mm-hmm. find it odd that she kind of sat there and looked in, like she was looking at one camera the whole time and was very stiff for a lot. But she yeah. wasn't like, oh right, Ro, oh my god. It was very like, hello, Ro. It was very like she was playing a character. It was odd. Yeah. It was a weird. I don't know if it was a COVID thing where she only just, or maybe maybe she was fucking late to set or something. Who knows? It's Gemma Collins. She's got a reputation, but like, it was a weird vibe. Although she did have some great one-liners as it went on, whether they were yeah, fed to her or not. That's that, like that contestant on Snatch Game. You don't really get to say much yeah. there, really. You just had to answer. Like you kind of wanted to see her and Jessie Ware in the judging panel, yeah, because you'd love to hear what her feedback was for the Queen. Oh, can you imagine? I liked your outfit, but. I didn't get it. Like, stuff like that. You just know. Yeah. Like, What's an amoeba? <laughs> Ray Waffle amoeba was a club in Essex. Like, she would say something yeah. like that. I think if they had any sense, they'd bring her back to Joy yeah. in Series 3. But it, obviously, it was fun mm. to have her there. And later on in the Snatch Game, when she just went, it's a wank, I was like, okay, that's, no, that's why yeah. you're here. Well, Gemma Collins wank. explaining what a bell end was to RuPaul. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, iconic TV goes. I was like, see, this is the Gemma I came yeah. to see. But yeah, sorry, you, we were going to go through, I think you wanted to go through the sure. Queens. Yeah, the, well, Mel Mel B. So all, all, the only thing Tia knew about Mel B was that she was in a relationship with Eddie Murphy, it seems. Didn't have leopard print on, no. didn't really know how to do. I mean, Mel B's accent is infectious and iconic. I know they later on talked about the fucking Keith Lemon impression which I think is so played out but like she does have mm. this really distinct like hey oh it's Mel B it's like that's not hard that hard to do and there's so many great jokes joke about the Spice Girls reunion tour joke about Jess Glynn Jerry Halliwell like the most obvious like this, the girl power sign turn around and do a crude vagina joke with it I was just like there is so much Mel B material here and you're just literally doing my brother Murphy it was like Tia hadn't heard of Mel B like she was someone from yeah. another planet beamed in yeah I, I think that Tia got really thrown by Rue by, by the last couple of weeks and not surprisingly having been like eaten alive in the runway last week I think when <laughs> yes. when she was like yes. when she was like <laughs> you need to have bigger hair that hair is not big enough don't do Shirley Bassey like I think I would have liked to have seen Tia do Shirley Bassey because she would have had something in like she, she obviously had something interesting planned for it whereas with Melby it's like kind of she had half watched a YouTube clip of Keith Lemon and then decided that yeah. she was going to just go out there and trying to give it her best like it's like the Spice Girls never existed like it was just an impression of an impression right <laughs> we move on to Sister Sister and her psychic Sally this was so weird to me because because we didn't get a sister-sister run-through, I was like, okay, so this is an original character, which is always a risk on Snatch Game, slash, you could argue, a win. Well, not a win, but, like, a, a smart idea because there's no expectations. So, I, I, but I just find sister-sister is a bit lacking in, in dy- dynamism. So I was like, mm-hmm. okay, you're doing an original character that's sort of like Mystic Meg, but, like, the wig is really, like, what what is this? So she was okay, but I was like, I literally just kept thinking, what is this? Like, what are you doing? I thought that I genuinely thought that sisters. This is the best episode Sister Sister has had. Like this is the best episode Sister Sister has had. Well, the I, bar I know, is no, on I, the floor. I, like that is like not a high Ooh. bar. Like that is not a high bar. <laughs> <laughs> what about those pants she made? I, no, they even more so that like the I, what I she like made? that that sort of like the, the weird like those pink pants, pink pants she pants made she in made. episode three. Like a deep I, I, that's, that's like that's like nine months ago now. Come on, they're, they're <laughs> yeah, like literally they're last year's a year ago. <laughs> well, no, that, that that joke about like oh, I've got your your great grandfather's coming to says like cover up your your daft trollop or whatever it is to Michelle Visage. Like I thought that was you're really slug. funny. <laughs> I actually I laughed. Yeah, I did laugh at that. that. But I just it was like if you're doing an original character for me, it's per- particularly like we've had psychics on snatch game before so many we've had Teresa caputo yeah. we've had miss uh, cleo alexis mateo yeah alexis mateo on all stars five this is our fourth or fifth psychic i think if you're... And although she managed to get a new original joke with the grandfather i was like i've seen this all before and next time someone goes up there and goes i knew you were gonna say that i'm like oh for God. i think that's a funny aside line to do as a psychic for me if you're playing a psychic in drag on Snatch Game, it needs to be like you're having visions of crazy things or you're having visions that reference the show's history. Like mm. maybe even some like, Rue, I see 
you're stealing another Emmy from Amazing Race. Like, just stupid shit. Like, really hamming it. That's not even a great joke. I mean, I'm not who am I to judge. But, like, <laughs> I just feel like if you're doing a psychic, whether it's Ter- Teresa Caputo or one you've decided to invent for some reason, you need to go well, so big. Well, Sally's a real person, right? I don't know. Mate. Like, is that a UK... I think she was on Big Brother. Oh. And she was part of this big scandal picture. where she was accused of... Um, See, I was thinking of the Mystic Meg moment as well. But then I was like, where's the turban? Where is the turban? <laughs> uh, next up then was Lawrence Cheney and Miriam Margulies. And I mean, this had all the components of mm-hmm. a perfect cocktail of comedy. What went wrong? I know, like, first of all, Miriam Margulies has that really specific, I can't even really do, it's like, she kind of talks like this. And her delivery, like, she has, there's like, there's a certain intonation she has. There's a kind of, like, she has a certain physicality to her. Like, she even has a certain kind of timing. Like, to me, I thought, oh, Lawrence is, one of those kind of old souls who's like really young but acts like a 65 year old so I was like this is actually perfect for Lawrence and then yeah. the accent wasn't there the confidence is in it wasn't there and I think that advice that Rue gave of oh just be yourself doing Miriam I was like no actually Miriam Margulies is you're gonna have to do character work if you're doing her and it was a yeah. bit like mm. that on paper could have been so iconic because she I mean if you even just if you just ripped off some of the stuff she would say when she's on Graham Norton, you'd be, or that this morning interview she did like last year or early this year that went viral. Like there's so, which maybe to be fair is before, after the film Snatch Game, but like there's so much in Maria Margulies. And I thought, God, Lawrence, you really like let the ball drop. Here's this, like that could have been such a yeah. win. Yeah. Here's a question though. In the same way we have like ASOS versus H&M, one's fine, <laughs> one's not. Did Lawrence not just do exactly what Blue Hydrangea did with Mary Berry? No character interpretation, just old woman with rude words. And Rue ate one up, but then he didn't. I didn't yeah. It's different, hmm. though, because Lawrence Cheney went in with a high expectation of being yeah. very funny and went in with a reputation as being a funny queen. And also, I think Blue Hydrangea's Mary Berry was like sort of over the top frantic in a way where you kind of were like, yes. I don't know what the fuck is happening here. <laughs> she kind of went for her her Mary Berry wasn't a bang on Mary Berry impression that was a dead ringer it was someone going hell for leather and really emphasising and going for every gag whereas Lawrence I was just I remember thinking oh actually the I remember thinking going into this Lauren's problem is going to be he's going to steamroll the other queens and it will be one of those annoying slash games where they can't get a word in and instead he just faded into the background. I was like, I sound like Michelle. Michelle always was like, I lost you tonight. Now in Snatch Game, you kind of faded into the background a little. Like she always says shit like that. I feel like Lawrence did that too. And I was just so surprised. I thought, God, you are like the motor mouth of the work group. Mm-hmm. You're so on yeah. fire in these confessionals. Three wins. Girl, this is so like flat for you. Yeah. I kind of think the the comedy behind Miriam Margulies is you don't expect her to say the blue stuff she says because she's a posh old lady. Mm-hmm. And admit possibly the comedy behind Blue is you don't expect Blue to say those crude things because there was no history of that on the show yes. in front of Rue anyway. Yeah. But we're all used to Lauren saying these crass blue things mm-hmm. like you know the anal joke earlier on the episode. So that shock factor wasn't there. That's such a good yeah. point. And that's why I think if Lawrence had gone into the character of Miriam Moore and been like, hello, blah, 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 my pussy, he would have been like, oh my God, how funny. Whereas instead it was just started off with, I'm a lesbian. It's like, oh, like really need to body this and like really like mm. be like embody this person, this vibe, because yeah. otherwise it's just Lawrence with a shitty wig on. I, I, I think mm. as well when you're, I like as if I'm ever going to be picking a Snatch Game contestant, but <laughs> like I do think that kind of when you're thinking about it ahead of time, you want to think about someone who's like really kind of instantly recognizable and be aware of the fact that you're only going to get maybe like a minute of screen time. Obviously right, you're there, yeah. you're, you're there shooting it for, for longer, but like you want to be like, I need a big kind of moment. And I do think that Lawrence made a mistake, not just like going down the... Susan Boyle or Nicola Sturgeon or Michelle McManus. Yes. Like just Susan Nicola Boyle Sturgeon. So good. Oh, yeah. But Susan, you could, with Susan Boyle, you could actually play. Cause wait, she, like, I think actually hearing Lawrence go, oh, Susan Boyle, and be a bit nervous. Could have been really funny. Yeah. A bit like how on US recently we had Candy and Simone do a, an improv thing where they actually paired it back or Olivia was a mime and stole the scene because she didn't say a word, but she understood like small moments. So like, yeah, it's just, it's interesting because I think Lawrence was in their head too much and on paper, it's like the thing that she says around. She's like, why do the comedy queens always flop in this? I'm like, because we put too much expectation on you. So I was a bit, I was disappointed and I just, I thought she would land more jokes, whatever the accent I was like, there are no jokes here. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Where are the jokes? Ellie Diamond <laughs> is up next with her Vicky Pollard. And I watched this and I just saw Ashling B. I mean, I don't know if you saw, but that's who I saw. <laughs> I didn't with the see Ashling B. <laughs> Though I think if I was on Snatch Game, I'd probably try and do Ashling B because I'm like, she's a nice person that they know over there. Um, <laughs> this like was set up, obviously, with a fucking huge emotional backstory. So I feel kind of bad reading it but I, I will anyway um, they made this whole thing of oh I grew up watching Little Britain my brother we used to do the voices around the kitchen and first of all I was surprised they were allowed to do a character because maybe it's because it was a BBC show there's a difference there but like on the US one they always avoid them doing actual characters it's always this person like who's there like Ben de la Creme doing yeah, Matt he was Smith. called Matt Lucas yeah right? there was a weird like should I say Vicky and they were allowed to dress up as Vicky and for me, there's been a lot of conversation about how Little Britain, a lot of the humour hasn't mm. aged well and how actually it was about punching down and it's a bit one note. Mm. And I just kind of feel like if you're 21 and doing drag on telly now, this is filmed in 2020, not 2021. It's like you can do bigger and better. I would have, it just felt really obvious and like stuff that you would have found funny when you were 12. I'm just like, you're just rehashing lines that weren't that funny, weren't really that hilarious in the 2000s they were just a catchphrase that we all thought was gas because we were kids i was just like it was yeah. very immature and it just had no rhythm to it i was like and it was just funny because and i'm sure this is production's intention to put ellie and taste beside each other i was like this is two different ways to do someone's existing character well and not well because ellie just repeated catchphrases and then tried to come up with new ones off the top of their head whereas taste gave a full it was like she, the ghost of, of Jane Turner slash Kath just took over her body and she was able to like almost deliver a new well, episode. James was not impressed with taste. Well, he was giving out I gotta, a I gotta, do, I gotta go in on, on, on Ellie first. So I'm going to say, I, okay. I think... <laughs> Roll up your sleeves. <laughs> Quacks knuckles. <laughs> well, no, I, I think that, that Ellie made a good choice in that there was like an obvious thing that could be repeated an awful lot. Mm-hmm. So like, and I think that they said it to Ellie earlier on the thing, like you're not really a comedy queen. And so she could just like... <laughs> fall back on the like the, yeah but no but yeah but no like she could fall back on that and it would give mm-hmm. her something to say so there wouldn't be dead air now i don't know that my problem is with taste or so much as that i've just never ever got kath and kim i i oh. just so i'm gonna go guys great oh <laughs> can I, it's not work I, sorry no, why yeah i can't hear anything i should leave meeting yeah i think i'm just gonna I, I, I gotta it, go. It is. It is obviously something that I'm. I'm. It. it it's a place where I'll <laughs> accept that I am probably in the wrong here, like those people who prefer the the the, the flatter hey. pancakes. Mm-hmm. But, um, mm-hmm. but so I. But well, I'm even worse. I'd never even heard of it. You've never heard of Captain Kim? No. <gasps> well, first of all, it's all on Netflix, so let's start there. I'm gonna go back. But you see, I liked her, and I didn't even know who she was uh, being. That's so actually that's interesting. Why I feel okay, it yeah. was it was a good impression. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it, what, what it, for me? It obviously. I love Kathleen Kim. I was obsessed with it at the time and I do like, I still go back and rewatch clips of it and it's one of those shows that the way they talk and the delivery of it is so super specific. So it, it actually does make sense that like James, you're saying you weren't into it because it is one of those shows that's a bit like Marmite. Mm-hmm. What I loved about it was I just thought, oh my God, she's, she just has like, she's, she wasn't bogged down by the fact that she, now the accent did as Jesse Ware later pointed out, yeah. slip a little bit, but I just thought Taste had a lightness and a playfulness where Oh, she was just kind of like, oh, Ruth, how's the guy? And she wasn't kind of trying to hit all the, because she actually didn't say some of the key Catholic and catchphrases, whereas I felt like Ellie was like, I have to try and get this. And I so there was just a lightness to it. But, and you know, I suppose if you're not a fan of Catholic game, like maybe my, even my relationship with Britain has changed where I just don't find it that fun anymore. It just feels really like schoolyard to me. And I'm like, eh, it's not that funny. Whereas Catholic Kim has kept that yeah. wit for me. For some reason, Captain Kim I... just sort of really has a bang of birds of a feather off it, and I just have like <laughs> such. <laughs> I have such a it's like analogy. Of... <laughs> I've never thought of it that way. Well, I did try wow. and rewatch Captain Kim more recently, and thought maybe I should give it a proper go. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna maybe do that. I've got plenty of lockdown left. I'm gonna maybe do that. That's such a not commitment. I feel like you and Kian should do a bonus episode where you watch, like, I don't know because uh, it's like what 20 minutes an episode you could watch like the first two episodes of Kathy came and do like a recap and see how each of you feels about <laughs> yeah. it I thought it was nice it was different I thought it was unusual oh, where'd you get that Kim? Catherine Tate characters would stand up better over time like would Lauren from Catherine Tate be okay on Snatch Game? Mm, I mean it depends I think there's a fairly valid conversation that that sort of quote unquote chav thing and making fun of like 
working class mm. like young British kids because there was a wide shot at the end of all of them and Ellie had this little like doll like a baby doll toy on the thing I was like oh let me guess you did a teenage pregnant mother joke like how original so I don't know I mean there I mean if I was gonna do a Catherine Day character in Snatch Game that woman who <laughs> I think she's blonde the character it's like Mummy's got the yogurts in the house. Oh, ran outside. The housekeeper's running late. Oh my god, she's in traffic or whatever. Like the posh woman who's always having crises oh, that are like completely not crises with the cinnamon gooseberry yogurts. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Man, I thought it was the woman who screamed like she'd put toast on and then the toaster pop. Like, <laughs> <laughs> or um, I d- I did used to love because it was like a two hander. Her and the husband in the bed where they'd be like, "What am I like?" Yeah. And then we got sandwiches <laughs> in the office. I can't even do. I can't do the voice now. I'm just being a bad Ellie Diamond. After I slayed her, but it was funny seeing the taste Ellie thing because, in a way, too, like Kathleen Kim is massive in Australia, but it was always a cult thing in the UK. Like, it did well in the UK, but it was not as um, omnipresent as Little Britain was. Next up was Louis Spence. I thought he did a, a horror did a wonderful job here. I thought he got the affectations mm-hmm. right, the, the, the gestures. I th- thought that flexibility joke with the legs was, was a great physical gag. I was surprised he was bottom. What was interesting to me about it was when they introduced Ahura as Louis, I thought this is really funny. And then it went for ages without any Ahura content. And then we got that one good joke. So I'm wondering, was it just that she didn't deliver a lot in the challenge? And so maybe faded or is it they just didn't show? Because what we saw was fine. Although I did feel like this Snatch Game overall kind of... uh, it didn't flow very well because we know from the American one that Slash Game can be hit or miss. Whereas last year in UK, they, they all around did very well in terms of it was really enjoyable and flow brilliantly. This mm. did feel a bit chaotic where I was like, half of these girls are are not really doing anything yeah. with this. So I don't know. Yeah. I thought Aurora did well. And I, I think she took a... It is still a risk to do, a, I suppose, a male character on Snatch Game. And she picked such a specific one and a guy who's a lot older than her and you know, it was very, quite different to her, I think. So I was, because I kind of thought, oh, Hor is going to do like Paris Hilton or something. So yeah. for her to be like, I'm going in this direction and painting my face this way and I'm going to have like fake legs. I was just like, there was a lot to what she did and it was a big risk that I thought for the most part kind of paid off. Yeah, that's what I really enjoy Louis Spence. Okay. Like, what was the name of that? What was the name of that um, that TV pro? Was it Pineapple Dance Studio he was on? Yeah, because that's the studio he kind of works yeah, out of yeah. and runs. And that was what made him a celebrity because he was already like a huge deal in the choreography world. Yeah, and I remember... Which I'm clearly a part, the way I said <laughs> yeah. that. In our industry, Louis is, of course, a huge player. Top of his in the game. Business. He's a dancer like one. Well, so, you know. <laughs> Um, but no, I thought that he, I, I really, I, I liked that choice a lot. I thought it was really funny. Um, but like very much as I was watching it, I was just thinking, this is a safe performance. I, I didn't think it yeah. really belonged in the, I didn't really think it belonged in the bottom. And then particularly when coupled with the runway look, I thought that, mm-hmm. you know, that it, it didn't deserve to kind of really be called out. It was, it was fine. I would have said. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, to me, she should have been like safe. Like, we'll get to the runway stuff later. But yeah, I was a bit like, this is fun. This is by no means bad. In fact, it's almost, it's pretty clever. Yeah. To be fair, most of them in comparison to Bimini as Katie Price looked (sighs) poor. Bimini as Katie Price. Well, I I want to watch the full 12-hour shoot of this day just so I can see every single frame of Bimini and character. Now, did she lift a whole joke from the house bunny starring Emma Stone and Dana Farris? Yes, she did. Did I mind? No, I did not. What she did brilliantly was she used a lot of like the memes of Katie Price and she clearly knew enough about the character to land jokes based on what we know. And then she just reacted brilliantly in the moment. Like when she did the thing about my breast implants were held up in South Africa. I was like, she's won it there, girls. You can all pack up and go home. Bimini just secured the bag with that one. Oh, absolutely. It was just so good. And even like, like that first joke was prepared she could have answered that to anything and it still would have been funny so like yeah. you could see that she probably had prepared it but it was still fantastic and to be fair she did that great thing that you have to do in snatch game where she had rue doubled over laughing very early on which sort of yeah, always gives rue that bit of like let me throw another one to that person because i know they're going to volley back and yeah she mm-hmm. just i don't know I, I was chatting to my friend about it before and I, I we were kind of joking my friend was like i think she's going to do like jodie marsh or glamour model i was like yeah she's going to do that or she's going to do someone like vivian westwood because in my head bimini is a perfect blend of 
like London fashion griminess with like early 2000s tabloid trash culture in the best possible way. So I was like mm. really excited yeah. that she clearly had, and also she has an affection for Katie Price where she understands why she's ridiculous, but it wasn't mean spirited, which is why I think it stands in contrast to some of the other characters on that Snatch Game. They were just like, whoa, vagina, <laughs> pussy. Like she had clearly mm. the whole like, I'm, I'm a real coward. So, you know, I've got a really, really like interesting life and a lot of things have happened to me. Rose. You know, like she clearly knew even things like, oh, you're my personal life. Like, those little, like, kind of Katie-isms were mm. bang on. We didn't get a horse reference, though, did we? No, we did. The horse was cheating on her. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. <laughs> I'd say uh, you could probably do, like, a blooper reel of Bimini. I bet you she just mm. fired out the jokes. I just felt like, oh, there's yeah, so much we probably yeah. didn't even get to see. You were absolutely right. She wasn't punching down. She wasn't, like, taking the piss out of Katie Price. She was enjoying Katie Price for the kind of ridiculous caricature that she presents to the world and and plays along with. And there was nothing mean about it. And, you know, you could tell... Actually, in the um, the Queens at Home special as well, when she was talking about the queer community and like in all of what she's been saying about being part of the queer community, you can tell Bimini like really cares about the art of what she's doing, which like at first glance, I didn't expect. Yeah, Yeah. she's just got like, I mean, it comes up in the judging panel later when Ru just says, you know, you've either got it or you don't. And Bimini like gets it. And I just think Bimini has a point of view. She has taste and she has references and she just has a sense of what's gonna work and then she executes it really well it was just it was so fun i mean when they said she's doing Katie price i thought okay please let this be as good as i i think it could be and it was honestly even better so yeah. like i could just w- watch all day in my life it's very complicated but you can read all about in my okay magazine column now that's a joke <laughs> i would have had her do like mention yeah. like I will be doing an Instagram live later about all my problems with my breast implants. Like, I would have maybe done that. But otherwise, that's a very, very small note. And that's picking, nitpicking. I, I would have loved also a Peter, Peter Andre read or something yeah. like that. She, like, made this some game mysterious is, girl yeah. joke or something. Like, my relationship with Pete, this has gone on for far too long, Rue. I'm going to leave. Thank you very much. <laughs> and then she could have been I mean, wheeled out with her legs and two yeah. calves. <laughs> yes, oh my God. <laughs> Never underestimate the sea. That's one of my recent favourite Katie Price memes of yeah, the sea. <laughs> okay, so um, after Snatch Game, we're on to, there's that sort of mirror moment about Ellie and her difficulty mm-hmm. with her family. And I think, I think this gave some context to earlier on, like what we yeah. were saying. Because when she said her crying, I was like, I believe the emotion, but the explanation behind the emotion doesn't really click. And based on sort of this and the homeless sort of excerpt from the Queen's in quarantine, I was like, okay, the difficult family life. That's what's sort of driving her and causing these emotions. So it was nice to see. But I did see it and was like, she's going home. Oh, I know. Yeah, it was actually funny that she ended up being safe because when they usually go like, extended cut of your childhood trauma you're like well she's she's going home whereas actually actually they didn't even dwell on that too much that was interesting i mean Mm. you forget i I, sometimes i'm a bit shady when i watch i'm I'm bored of ellie but i'm like she is only 21 and has gone through an awful lot in her family life and given the fact that the show is watched by such a broad audience now i think it's always worth remembering that like just because drag race is on and popping in like 18 different countries doesn't mean that like young queer people now Completely. aren't still having to have shitty conversations with parents who don't get it mm. or have to turn and go only a few years ago you weren't very nice to me yeah. so to her credit I, I appreciate her talking about that and taste i thought handled that beautifully like yeah. really kind of doing that thing of like oh god i know oh yeah you know yeah like kind of bringing that out of her which isn't or isn't an easy thing to do to kind of make someone yeah. feel that comfortable with like telling their whole life story and I, I think as well it was kind of what, what i kind of enjoyed about it was that in the last like couple of weeks society has been kind of slapping ourselves in their back that things are much better for the queer community since mm-hmm. the, it's a sin days and it's nice to kind of have like a really kind of like, like a really strong reminder of here's a person who like who was a teenager in 2019 and they had to go through the sort exactly. of same things that we saw played out in that TV show that we thought that we were all so much better than now. And to remember that mm-hmm. there are those people having those same conversations. And also, like, as much as her drag mightn't be my favourite and as much of the characters I'm not particularly enjoying, the, like, the fearlessness and the, I suppose, the the courage 
that she has to be like, no, I'm going to be myself in the face of yeah. Uh, like it, it, mm. it does make and you that see story of her mom who had who like was made to choose between her husband and her child and stuck by her child and stuff like. I, I imagine there's some people who've been put in that position in the past because their part, you know, mm-hmm. their, their their partner doesn't accept their child or whatever. And I think that's you know that watching this as a parent, I'm sure that's you know, I'm not a parent, but like if you were a parent, <laughs> I imagine you that ain't mom, story. <laughs> James, over on our premium Sissy That Pod feed, we have an extra episode, extra long episode with Cheryl Hole. If people were to join, what would they hear on said episode? Well, I mean, perchance they've already heard it. Perchance they're already a supporter, one of our many fans and favourites who have gone on to our, our, our uh, Headstuff Plus platform and have decided to get into both Vegas Review, which is really heating up, and um, the, the additional bonus mm. content, the bonus aspect, you know, those plebs in the free feed, in the free feed. No offense, we love you, but you know they hurt. No, you can't insert the free. <laughs> um, yeah, we get into her reactions on Drag Race season two of the UK, and we have a wonderful chat about which Irish pop divas she loves because she is a font of pop. Oh, music. absolutely. So that's it. Over on our premium feed, it's five euro a month. And you get all of that good stuff, plus all the good stuff from all the other podcasts on the network. It's an absolute bargain. If you look at Irish food and think, what do people think of Irish food outside of Ireland? Well, Spice Bags is a podcast that talks all about that. And here is a clip. Spice Bags is a podcast about food in Ireland from an international perspective. Hi, I'm May. I'm an American food writer, and I'm with my friends Blanca, a chef from Spain, and Dee, an Irish food editrix. And we are the Spice Bags, three sassy ladies with a lot to dish up. Join us for the chats. Uh, onto the runway, then... Love Jessie Ware. Delighted she got mm-hmm. to see you there. But I thought Rue would have been like, Jessie Ware, what's your pleasure? I but know. Jessie Ware, what's... Did you save a kiss for my girls? Like, there were so yeah. many... Like, I don't know. Like, will we be in the spotlight tonight? There were so many Jessie Ware song puns that I just was like, why aren't we doing those? I mean, mm. just for a moment. I know RuPaul rarely doesn't look amazing, but mm-hmm. like, this runway, I literally gasped i was like yeah. and i know we see the promo pics of the outfits now because they do that kind of shot with the judges but every week it's still once i see whatever he's wearing in motion i'm just like yeah oh bitch the legs this week like i love that rue has embraced like short skirts oh, and dangly dresses and just really has said i'm giving you all this body at 60 whatever like okay sis come on through yeah, yeah, no, I thought it was absolutely. gorgeous. The kind of snakeskin look going on. It was, like, it was phenomenal. And you, I, I am also loving, because if you think of it, it was only this time, la- or it was only season one of, of Drag Race UK, where we were all, like, sh- shocked by the, like, the, the short dresses starting. Or the yeah. Short, and, yeah. Mm. Looks so good. Absolutely. So category is prehistoric. I kind of didn't love the category because I kind of felt there weren't too many ways that you could interpret it. And a lot of these looks kind of looked Right, the same. yeah. I feel the top two of the week was Ahura. I thought she looked fantastic in that sort of skeletal bodice and the 3D printed mask. Um, I loved it. Opposed to the judges, yeah. Yeah, I loved Ahura's look because, like, it was stunning. I, when she talked about the 3D printing, I thought that's such a smart, like, clever way to, to tackle the challenge. It was, mm. it was sexy and beautiful, but also it actually because I know she did that kind of evil look a few weeks ago that was meant to be like her stepping over comfort zone and it was still stunning. Whereas I thought actually the move to cover the face the way she did suggested that she was doing a different kind of beauty. And I thought mm-hmm. the runway was stellar. Like as we'll, we'll talk about the rest of the minute, but for me it was a horror and Bimini sl- closely oh, followed by Taste, who just ate. But like, yeah, yeah I loved her and I loved the kind of the delivery of it. And as you mentioned, a lot of queens did the same thing. Whereas I thought O'Hora's approach to it was clever because it's beats that you expect with prehistoric but delivered in such a unique yeah. way yeah. like she's an incredible eye for um for fashion absolutely says me who's yeah. only worn sweats for the last year but anyway <laughs> you know i have an eye for those you don't have so. to wear it to appreciate it <laughs> that's what i'm telling myself in lockdown. you're yeah. looking at it you're gorgeous but are you comfortable yeah <laughs> <laughs> well you catch your death in that horse snowing outside darling do you know do you know <laughs> 
Uh, I didn't really love taste as well. I felt like the sort of witch doctor, like the, it just it was the only one that had a real proper character. The way she sort yeah. of pranced around the stage. I, I I I'm trying to coin a term. Feral Ganza. Do you think it's going to catch on? Mm. That's what I wrote down for it. Question. So anyway, taste of amazing. <laughs> and <laughs> no, I did love that. There's so much detail in the makeup, and the makeup was like. Not unlike, not, wasn't exactly the same, but the way like when tasted that red face of makeup yeah. early on in the season, just like really beautiful, but also very striking and kind of unusual and yeah. and edgy. And then it was very like like the, theatrical, but I actually loved the level of performance she put into walking on that runway yeah. and jumping around that runway because it just kind of said, "Oh, I'm going there. I'm fully yeah. giving you." Because if you're gonna do any kind of witch doctor, voodoo priestess, caveman, etc., kind of vibe Fair i think you have time. to take anyway to take it all <laughs> i have to take it all the way and she really took it all the way right from how she just literally gave jesse Ware a visible fright in the <laughs> <Yeah. line. laughs> jesse was like Whoa! i was like okay no, you haven't seen a queen jumping you before <laughs> as if <laughs> i think taste also just has the most intense eyes like yeah. and, and whatever and i think especially with this kind of a look where it is all about that like performance and that like mm-hmm. voodoo magic darkness like it just like it yeah it brought the whole thing alive i, th- I thought i want she yeah. looked she definitely was was one of the best on the runway for me i want taste on you i mean it's so base to say but i i would want to see taste on us drag race so badly because i just feel like I think a lot of her sensibilities and nods are actually quite American in a way in terms of what she's mm, into. Yeah. And I just think it would be so fun to see her in the American context and just fucking freak the US girls out when they're like, who is this chick? She's fierce. But anyway. Yeah, yeah. yeah absolutely. Sister, sister. Bit of a Ahura knockoff here again. With the, yeah. The, the, <laughs> Ahura's just like, okay. Ahura's <laughs> like that Madonna gift where she's like, reductive, look it up. She's just like, what the fuck are you doing? It was... <laughs> Like, I thought of the, from, I literally wrote, from the neck up, it was really stunning. But from the neck down, it was just a nice leopard print dress. It was so, and it was well made and it wasn't bad. But I was just mm-hmm. like, this barely reads prehistoric. And for me, I was like, she could have and should have been in the bottom just because it felt very unoriginal. Even yeah. though what was served wasn't necessarily bad. And you can see the little bit of polish in it. I was just a bit like, okay, and... You know, I just, I wanted a lot more because I thought, yeah. okay, the face is kind of fierce. The rest of it is just like nice, but not stunning. I think she got the characterization across well, which is something she, I don't think, has mm. done too well so far. Like I did that sort of get that sort of ladies who lunch vibe off the character. Um, but yeah, that's all really I can say that's positive. I just, I just remembered that there was a very, um, an excellent read by Ahura of Sister Sister earlier on in the episode mm. for kind of uh, how she liked her better when she was doing her. And again, I just, when I saw it, I was like, this is odd. Like, th- that doesn't look so much like a copy, but it just, I think because we'd seen the other mask, it was like, this just, yeah, it, it, it didn't, it didn't blow me away. Um, yeah. But she was fine. Tia Pterodactyl. She finally the question remains <laughs> the question remains what are you doing to you and why does it hurt so bad like I just I literally wrote down because I took notes like a fucking loser I wrote down costume shop question mark like I just my issue with Tia is she is so likable and funny and yes. RuPaul is obsessed with how thin and long her legs are which is becoming almost slightly like yeah. stalkerish like I'm almost like Tia Ru's actually going to sacrifice you to Satan after this and mm-hmm. steal your legs <laughs> Um, but I just don't know if Tia has much of a taste level and I'm going to say dot 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 yes because I've seen clips of her music video that's coming out this week and all that and she looks amazing in that but just mm-hmm. it just feels like she does and they kind of hint they actually get to it on the judges panel where they're just kind of like oh she doesn't really know herself yet and it's just frustrating because it's like the taste level is not there for yeah. someone who's so witty and quick on her feet and is such a charmer it's yeah. just like girl it just looks costume shop yeah. like it's just bland i i I just think i I always feel when you have a queen on a season of drag race like that i always feel quite good for them because like taste level either something you can work on yourself or from now on you can have other people tell you what to wear and you you, yeah you already have the personality you already have the performance i i was thinking when she came out wearing that i was like i wish she had just come out as ellie from from jurassic park get a little pair of a little (laughs) pair of like those sort of um lower during the house (laughs) exactly lower during the house down boots get in in flats on the The house down road hiking boots that would have been fierce 
but you know something like that would have would have just really I, th- I think would have been really fun and also would have given the judges the body they were looking for or even Lara Croft mm. would have worked as like kind of a yeah, an interpretation I just, of like prehistoric mm. I think yeah. even to be honest one thing I kind of want to see I wanted to you to do was like when she was in that workroom, she sort of looked at Ethan and gone, okay, like, there's good detail here, but it is covering my legs. Why don't I just cut the bottom half and, like, do something with my tights or just show a bit more body? Like, mm-hmm. little things where I, I kind of wanted her the last kind of few weeks to just take what she had and do some kind of yeah. last-minute judges now that she's back clearing with the girls and realizes she needs to go further. Whereas yeah. the last mm-hmm. few looks have been very, like, it's been in my suitcase and I had that ready for, like, a year. I'm just going to pop it on. I'm like, sis, you can't be like, I'm going to give you a waste. I'm like, when? Yeah. When? Like, when are you going to do that? I wanted yeah. her just to throw that hat in the bin. That was... Yeah, the hat was me. It didn't look like pterodactyl. I kind of thought like it was penguin like a or something. Demented penguin. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> Next up was Bimini Bomb Bacteria. Um, <laughs> I <laughs> the dad jokes are out tonight. The I didn't get bacteria. Maybe I didn't do biology. Maybe that's what missing it for me. But I thought she looked fantastic. I loved it because it was so. Like I can understand their slight concern that it was maybe a bit like a little bit not quite obvious what it was. But just from the minute she walked out, I thought this is actual high fashion like you could see i know she mentioned iris on help herpin later on but i got like alexander mcqueen from so much particularly the shoes i thought that is literally mm. those kind of weird dinosaur feet shoes that like lady gaga was always in because mcqueen made them etc yeah. like for me i just got the full fashion girl fantasy from her in a really offbeat unexpected way because there have been fashion girls in drag race the last few years and it's often quite mannered and pristine and it's beautiful but you're like okay whereas with Bimini there was a kind of like quirkiness to it that was just even details like the eyes were so mad oh my god I just was like you if she was walking down a runway for a high fashion label you'd be like yeah absolutely it was just breathtaking I just thought it was so clever and it was actually a fabulous contrast to her Snatch Game character which was you know the ultimate tabloid pinup in of a lower tracksuit with her tits out and then for the runway she gave you like ethereal amoeba in a room full of like the same like Wilma Flintstone outfits like it yeah. just was I was like Bimini I love Bimini Bomb did that yeah <laughs> Bimini oh. Bomb did that I, I, I actually know I weirdly before I was watching it this evening someone sent me like a screenshot of a tweet she had just put out which said I love my runway tonight I don't care if you don't so I was expecting mm-hmm. her to like like have come out in something atrocious and then she came out and Probably one of my favorite looks we've had all season, particularly with the eyes yeah. and the hair and everything just went together. Mm. And like once she said the bacteria thing, I kind of got it and thought it was a clever take on it. Because as you said, like we just had a, a lineup of kind of like Wilma, yeah. like less and less successful Wilma Flintstones. I, I, I thought she looked gorgeous. And it was breathtaking. Yeah, breathtaking. Absolutely. Lawrence Cheney was up next with one of said Wilma Flintstone looks. <laughs> Best thing about it was that, was that sleeve. Yeah, I just... Like, I got the silhouette. Like, she has, she's good at a certain kind of silhouette, and I do think mm. has a good eye for what works in her body. And I really appreciate that. She, I know she's kind of joked about weight and her weight gain and et cetera, et cetera. But I think the way she creates drag for her body shape is always really cool, and she knows her silhouette, which is good to see, because sometimes you do get that drag cliche of, like, I'm so fucking thin, I can just fucking wear it like this and be fierce. Whereas Lawrence does know her body shape and drag. Having said that, I just was like, it's again just a nice leopard print dress with a wee bit of detail when they zoom in later on and like well you did something funny with your teeth i kept thinking of that amazing um nightmare kind of two creatures in one runway that she had done with like you know the leather and the face hang off her arm and i'm like i wanted that level of thought and weirdness from you particularly when she probably knew her snatch game had not landed the way it could have i thought sis i really wanted you to go fucking full hog with this because i actually think for all the kind of AA and innuendos I think Lawrence actually has quite a good eye for costuming yeah. and I was a bit yeah. like this could have been a real redeeming moment for you and it was just a bit like boring yeah, yeah. it really it really was it felt kind of basic like kind of it was a bit of a yeah like just by the thought that have gone into other outfits that Lawrence has, has brought like even the the life boy one from last week yes you kind of yeah. see she's looking at the challenge and coming at it from a different angle this was very much like head on they said prehistoric. I'm just going to wear some animal print and that'll be it. From one Scottish disappointment to another. <laughs> oh, so bad. Reading. <laughs> like the, the, the high, you know, black heel or boot. I was like, no. 
Yeah. It was just boring. And honestly, for me, and like, I'm just, okay, I'm not really feeling Sister Sister and Ellie Diamond on the show in general. So maybe there's a no. bias at play. But for me, they were clearly like two queens I would have had in the you're not safe category, whether that's bottom or not. But like, they just, the fact that they both just popped off into safe and sat and untouched by themselves, I just thought was mind boggling because it was just, there was she not much look like thought pebbles in it. at all. That's who she was supposed to be. She was to be pebbles from the Flintstones. And I got nothing. I didn't get yeah. that at all. And I literally grew up obsessed with the Flintstones. Like I used to watch the, remember they used to show the 60s cartoon all the time as a kid. I was yeah. obsessed and I was yeah. just like, didn't get that at all. So She was from like the, yeah. the knockoff fun park up the road, the Flintstones. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Peebles from the Flankstongs. <laughs> I just found it a bit flat. And I mean, I hated that weird bird thing last week as well. I know they liked it. I, just I didn't it get so that cool. at all. I just Yeah, I just think Ellie's either doing something too conceptual, doesn't work, or it's just really lazy. And I'm like, okay. Anyway, I, yeah. I, I kind of feel like, like she does drag with like a waist high mirror. You know, she it's decent <laughs> from like the waist up. And then it sort of just loses mm. what it's trying to do on the legs. Great for Zoom, not for Drag Race UK. Yeah. That's what we would say. <laughs> so she's killing it at the moment. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so in the top is Bimini and Tace. And in the bottom is Ahura, Tia and Lawrence. Mm-hmm. Sister, sister and Ellie are safe. And we only see a tiny little tip of the untucked bit. And sister hits on Ellie and asks basically, should we bonk? To absolute silence. Putting the two dullest queens in Untucked and cutting them at all. I'm like, oh, gr- great, gr- great. These two sad sacks sitting, sitting here. I think that was supposed to be some kind of a Flintstones joke, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, and like Bones. And it was just, oh my God, these two were... Like, Sister Sister is fine. Like, she's not a bad mm. queen, but she's just not... I think maybe... maybe Because I was actually chatting to someone who's like, oh, I know her and she's way more crack in real life. There's something about her, her, her humour that I don't think is landing in the context mm, of the show yeah. for me, where I'm just like... Okay, it's very like mm, so. Anyway, like it just does not like it's not. She's popping. a wall up or something, right? Yeah, yeah. Really get in. Yeah, maybe when she got the new teeth in, she also put a wall up instead. Who yeah. can say? <laughs> a dental dam. <laughs> <laughs> Two times the charm with the dad puns, right? Uh, <laughs> the uh, who would your top three and bottom three have been, Connor? Top three: Bimini, Tace, Ahura. If I was if I was sat there on the judging panel, Kiki and with Jesse Ware, I would have said the bottom was for me it's Ellie, sister Lawrence. That would have been my kind of three that I look at the bottom and then try, actually Antia. So like maybe I think I would have saved sister. I think sister deserved to be safe based on her psychic. Yeah, I think yeah, okay. Her. So maybe Ellie I think Ellie's snatch game was okay enough for the judges. I wasn't feeling it, but it was okay enough for the judges that she wasn't seen as bottom material, whereas I felt yeah. we got so little of sisters. Snatch came that that to me is almost a red flag of like, what it's happens? not memorable. So maybe Sister Lawrence Tia, but for me personally, in terms of like, oh, just get these people out of the show so we can keep it moving, I want to say Tia, Ellie, and, Lar- <laughs> and uh, Sister, but that's not how yeah. the judging works. Yeah, well, I had, I had wanted a Sister Ellie lip sync going into this evening, and then I didn't really care which one of them went home. But I think over the course, like, I realistically think that Lawrence and Tia were the worst. Their, both their yeah. runways were bad, both their performances in Snatch Game were bad. I thought that Sister and Ellie, like, they did pretty okay in the snatch game. They got some laughs. They they, they weren't getting that like shade rattle uh, much. I think in the yeah. top, like really, I, like I think really Bimini was the winner, and Lawrence and Tia were the losers, and the other four were kind of just in the middle for me. Yeah, like the other four had say like excelled in one area were like okay in another whereas Bimini was the only one like as I said the Snatch game overall wasn't actually great Bimini was the only one who just sailed through yeah. it was just iconic mm. throughout so yeah I mean as I said Bimini's Katie Price I would I just watch they, if they said from next week Bimini as Katie Price was hosting the show I'd be like that's fine <laughs> <laughs> You're both safe. I'm sorry, my dears. You work for elimination. <laughs> Prior to tonight, you were asked to prepare a lip sync presentation to my song, Free to Love Again. Good luck <laughs> and don't fuck it up. That's a deep well, cut. If you know Free to Love Again, you're gay gay. You're like <laughs> premium that's gay. Not, that's not her Eurovision one, was it? I... It might have been. See, now I'm not even longer. There no. Oh, <laughs> no, it was because actually I remember because shout out to Davina Devine who loves Katie Price. 
when we had Kelly Price over for a thing in the George years ago, <laughs> Davina had said to DJ Karen, she's like, and when we finish the show, you play this Katie Price song. And it played, and Katie was like, oh my God, I've never heard this uh, on the club. Oh my God, you're playing my song. She was fucking delighted. So I think it was her. I, all I know is it goes, free to love again. I can remember like the chorus. <laughs> so maybe they will lip sync to a Katie Price song one day. Yeah. Who can say? Well, what we did get was a Kathy Dennis song. It was called Touch Me. I think it was great to see Kathy Dennis get her sort of moment, okay. sort of moment in the spotlight. Touring here because I'm a huge Jesse Ware fan. The last album is one of my favorite albums of the last five years, never mind 2020. Mm-hmm. There were so many up tempo, like club ready bops on that album that they did not use. So I was a bit like, um, okay. Literally, the title track is a fucking banger. But anyway, but I do love that Kathy Dennis song. And I was thinking of how. RuPaul has such a specific taste of music and that is that kind of 90s dance era that mm-hmm. he loves and like yeah. the shots of Ru singing along to song were better than the actual lip sync oh, to the point where absolutely. I was like this is one of Ru's favourite songs ever like even at the end when he was like let's do it <laughs> it's like okay no wonder we got Kathy Dennis but it is I mean Touch Me All Night Long is a fucking banger so I, I wasn't that mad all the same and Kathy Dennis is home to one of my favourite fan rumour thing facts and now, Connor, you're a Britney stance. Maybe you can fact check this. Yes, but sorry. Kathy Dennis wrote Toxic for she Britney did. Spears. And apparently she wrote it in the early noughties, um, kind of like 2002, 2003. And apparently at the time, Kathy Dennis was going through a breakup with a boyfriend. And people believe that Toxic is about that boyfriend. But that boyfriend went on to be Noel Fitzpatrick, the super vet. I've heard that story as well. And I think she... I think she confirmed it because she did interviews recently. She was given some songwriting award. I remember reading because she wrote Can't Get You Out of My Head for Kylie. And I think at yeah. one point Toxic was, it was that period in pop music where every big song probably got considered for Kylie first, even if Kylie never got the demo. Mm-hmm. But I know mm-hmm. that at one point Kylie heard an early demo of Toxic and she was going to do it. So Kathy Dennis, like if you're not familiar with her solo stuff or her vast, like she wrote loads of S Club 7 songs, she wrote stuff for Britney, Reach, Kylie right? yeah, like she has written for so many big pop people, if you look at her like list of songs that she's written and performed, it's wild, yeah. so yeah I, I mean, mm-hmm. I, I'm not surprised, like UK Drag Race is interesting because I almost can hear RuPaul loading up the iTunes in an iPod classic and hand it to some producer going, pick one of these. Yeah. <laughs> no, I have a few. I have a few ideas. Like, they've really gone for very Ru kind of vibes with the music, which I'm fine with, but I do, like, when they threw that shot of Jesse dancing song, I was like, bitch, they should be playing your song. Yeah. <laughs> like, I would be livid. I'd be like, I have a new album out. <laughs> I just figured that they had chosen the lip syncs back in first yeah first true movie. before the album's even changes out. yeah i hadn't thought um, of that actually but she deserves her i she deserves her lips yeah i i, I should be a judge that, or do a challenge yeah, yeah. i i yeah. think that the, the i don't know how i feel sometimes i like when the lip syncs don't match up to what the challenge has been but other times i kind of like i like when the judge who's on the panel gets their like song performed mm. and it, I, I think it's especially like last week i think it's just going to leave like a lasting hangover of, of sadness with me that we didn't get a eurovision song for the eurovision yeah. challenge well connor thank you so much for joining us again thank you um yeah, so I was going to say, you know, people probably know you on this podcast, but if not, where can people find you online? Yeah, so if people want to follow me, they can find me on Instagram and Twitter. Both handles are It's Connor Vian. If they're at all into Real Housewives, I do have a Real mm-hmm. Housewives podcast called Housewives and Me. We do new episodes every Tuesday. We just had Samantha Mumba on, which is a guy, because I've known her for years, but I did not know until recently that she watches a lot of Real Housewives. We've had Evan Watts Cats, Jack Remington, Louise McSherry, Darren Garrahy. My pal Holly Shortall came back for 2020 in review episode that we did last year. We have, fingers crossed, some really fun guests who are like known slash big in the Housewives world coming up. So I'm very excited about it. If you're into Real Housewives or want to get into Real Housewives, I think it could be the podcast You're the, for you. you're the gateway drug. Yes, I'm the sissy that pod of Real Housewives <laughs> podcasts. Overall, I think I was a bit disappointed with Snatch Game. I think that I had very, very, very high expectations and they weren't quite met. And mm-hmm. so I'm trying not to allow, I'm trying not to allow myself get kind of too dragged down that kind of more negative road because I do think it was still by the standard of the last couple of years quite strong, even if it didn't quite live up to the expectations we had or maybe last year's. I thought that there was some very strong moments and I laughed out loud at a couple of things that the Queen said, which I don't normally yeah. do. 
I mean, most yeah. of them were bimini, but... <laughs> yeah, me too, absolutely. And Katie Price was somebody on your bucket. <laughs> Katie Price is one of those bucket list people you want to see in Snatch Game. We've seen her and she's done well and it just feels good. Yeah, definitely. I feel I feel like, um, in a way, that bimini... Um, that bimini... Uh, Katie Price belongs in the kind of pantheon of best snatch game ever. Our little EDs, our um, our, our Maggie Smith, kind of like even above and beyond mm. Margaret Thatcher and Donald Trump. I think it was just one of those ones that like was near perfect, perhaps just actually perfect. Yeah, absolutely. As you listen to this on Friday, the nineteenth of February, or after that, we'll find out where the United Kingdom's place in the UK official top forty. In the midweek charts, they were number 25, so I'm looking forward to see how Bing Bang Bong does. It's been in everyone's heads online, definitely been in my head, so I'm excited to see how that turns out. And next week, it's the design challenge, so it'll be interesting to see who will cut the mustard with the judges next week. Until then, have a lovely weekend. We'll be back with you on Monday with the next episode of Drag Race US. Until then, you can follow us on Instagram at pod. Have a lovely weekend, and we'll chat to you then. See you, love you. Bye. This show is part of the Head Stuff Podcast Network, a hub for the creative and the curious. Shows are produced in association with Head Stuff and the Podcast Studios Dublin. Find out more or become a member at headstuffpodcasts.com. Thank <laughs> you.